0: It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick.
1: And here we go. Welcome to HSK Today. Brian McCormick here, you there, Brian Hammer on the other side of the glass as we talk horse hockey and get you ready for Thanksgiving Day. Final chance for us to to chit-chat before the big holiday, and then, of course, we'll see you right on the other side of it is Saturday and Sunday. The Henderson Silver Knights will take on the Iowa Wild which is the only home hockey in a sea of road over the course of uh, well three weeks ago and two weeks from now it's it's a lot of road hockey for the Silver Knights so they want to take advantage of uh, their home opportunities so lots and lots to cover uh, on a very busy edition of HSK today we're going to talk about the past five game road trip the Henderson Silver Knights going two two and one during that road stretch so a successful road swing Uh, We'll break down what they did well and what they need to continue to do well Uh, as it's been a lot of the younger players and a lot of the newcomers who have been chief contributors. We're also going to speak in the next segment with Gary Lawless of the Vegas Golden Knights broadcast team as he'll talk to us a little bit about uh, the VGK road trip. Their last game before Thanksgiving tonight They're in Nashville to take on the Predators uh, and he'll be able to. Enlighten us as to the uh, the contributions of some of the HSK alumni who are playing with Vegas, and that includes the recent additions like Paul Cotter and Ben Jones, and those who have been here, uh, been there all season long like uh, Jake Lecision and Jonas Romberg. So we'll get some perspective from Gary Lawless, and then we'll catch up with uh, Ian McCoshin, Silver Knights defenseman in his first season in Henderson so all of that uh, and more on a very very busy edition and, and also in our last segment just for some fun we'll talk about you know I, I've been told and you know Brian I'll let you chime in on this do you find Thanksgiving to be stressful like it's very you know it's, it's a nice holiday it's a family gathering whatnot people like the food but you know, I, I hear from some people that there's a lot of debates there's a lot of argument around the Thanksgiving table political or whatnot. do do you have you experienced this? Oh dear, we've lost Brian Hammer already. I'm flying solo without a net. Well, it has been my uh, my uh, experience not not firsthand. My my family doesn't really get into political debates, but you know you know kids come home from college or whatever, and, and around the table, could just there could be a lot of heated discussion uh, over various topics. And you know you don't need that during a family holiday. You need uh, togetherness and closeness. So rather than debate about some of the you know the serious things in your lives. We'll talk hockey, hockey debate. So we're going to give you your hockey debate topics to diffuse any tense family situation and to gear your discussion uh, and, well, maybe your shouting, into something more constructive, bringing the family together. So we'll do that at the end of the show <laughs> as well. Uh, so, you know, let's, let's kick things off and let's look back at the uh, the weeks that were for the Henderson Silver Knights and, and, again, a very successful road trip. And we touched on uh, some of it during last week's program, the Silver Knights, uh, started the week in uh, San, or the two-week stretch in San Diego and in Stockton, uh, which we were able to talk about a little bit on last week's program. Six-three uh, vict- uh, loss to San Diego in, in what was really one of their uh, less impressive periods of the season. The first period in San Diego they couldn't recover from, but then the next four games were just feisty and uh, battle-intensive, uh, f- finding uh, scraping to to get away to get points. Uh, against a first-place Stockton Heat team in which the Silver Knights got three of an available four points. And then they went into Loveland to face the Colorado Eagles uh, and picked up uh, two out of four with a 3-2 win on Friday against the Eagles and then a Saturday night 2-1 loss uh, in which it was just a matter of who was going to blink first, and it was the Silver Knights with a turnover late in the third period uh that turned into the Ryan Wagner goal that was the difference maker, but for the henderson silver knights i I think they really just need to be very, very pleased with what they've gotten so far from the resources on their roster. Maxime Marashev and Lucas Elvinus both had five game point streak, both of which came to an end during that road trip but uh you know when you're not with the likes of Paul Cotter, the likes of Jake LeCision all season long to this point. and And from the injury front, they've been largely without, with the exception of a, a couple of games, Gage Twitty, Jack Dugan, two players that they were going to rely on heavily for offense. And now on the back end without Caden Korzak for, for, it seems, uh, the, the next little while. It's going to be a little bit before Caden Korzak can come back from his lower body injury. So they've had to reach into uh, th- their youth, but also their you know uh, scouting for a lack of a better term is general manager Tim Speltz has gone out looking for uh, eligible players to bring in on professional tryouts and and those players have been very very good Colt Conrad's been with the team for a few weeks now uh, but he had goals in back-to-back games he has uh, I want to say it's uh, five points in nine games now for the Silver Knights and has been playing a top six center role Uh, that's something that they certainly didn't expect when they brought him on you hope for the best but this is a player that they brought in to help fill a gap Uh, and now he's become one of the most dependable players for Manny Viveros. Daniel D'Amato got his first taste of uh, AHL action over the last couple of weeks. He has since uh, been sent back to the Ontario Hockey League and the Erie Otters, but he had points in three straight games, including his first AHL goal on Saturday against the Eagles. So, you know, that was a a tremendous uh, stroke of good fortune that a player that young can come in and make an impact immediately. Uh, Mason Primo, who was on a line with Daniel D'Amato and Matt Bowdens, had two goals on... Uh, Friday and an assist on Saturday as uh, he's starting to find his nose for the net. A big body in front uh, and Matt Bowdens, who was just mentioned, the captain of the Fort Wayne Comets. He was brought up for the Colorado weekend uh, professional tryout agreement. Had two assists on Friday, uh, a scrap on Saturday, really impactful. And now uh, Matt Bowdens is uh, is remaining with the team for a little bit uh, as uh, he he stays with the team uh, in, you know in, into this week while uh, Tyler Bush, Yuri Patera, and uh, and Daniel D'Amato all went back to their respective organizations. Bush and Patera are with Fort Wayne. Connor Corcoran also back to Fort Wayne. Uh, and Daniel D'Amato to Erie, but uh, Matt Bowden's remains. So uh, the players that were brought in to, to have an opportunity, but also to, to help stem the tide a little bit of the, uh, the injury problems, they haven't just filled a roster spot. They've been very, very solid contributors. Uh, and that helped the Silver Knights get through what had the potential to be a very, very difficult road trip uh, and to do so with uh, seven points in the process. Uh, as we mentioned, Maxime Marashev points in five straight games. He's finding his offensive touch, Lucas Elvinus strong as well. Uh, and Pavel Dorofiev leads the team in scoring, and he's been playing at uh, near a point per game pace for the last couple of weeks. Uh, perhaps more important than any, though, any contributor was Logan Thompson, uh, who had some acrobatics over the course of the weekend. Here's what Logan Thompson had to do. Now, behind the Wagner tried to center. That was broken up. Came back for him. Wagner back to her feet. Has saved made by Thompson. McHugh and the cue, the redirected. Thompson swatted it out of the air. Wingerly a shot glove saved by Thompson. He'll hang on. Oh, the acrobatics for Logan Thompson. That came across from left to right. It deflected on goal. It was fluttering towards the net. And Logan Thompson, like he was swatting at a fly, just palmed it away. Alt's have high slot. Challenged by Hickey, Silver Knights near a whistle, Maltsev with room, Sends down though, Bradley, glove save made by Thompson and he'll hang on! Trey Bradley looks to the sky and everyone behind Logan Thompson's net was on their feet as one-on-one from the hash marks in, Thompson stabs it out of the air with the glove and gets the whistle. And saved made by Thompson with the paddle, he's got it underneath him! Logan Thompson flat out robbed Ryan Wagner! And that was Logan Thompson throughout the weekend in Colorado. Uh, He had 44 saves on Friday, uh, solid on Saturday as well. And, And for Logan Thompson, we're starting to see that transition to what we saw a lot of last year, which isn't just playing well, but now the intimidation factor, saves with swagger. Uh, as it's Logan Thompson not making the stops he's supposed to make but making in many cases the stops he has no business making and you can see how that gets in the heads of players across the way certainly Logan Thompson's performance didn't help the Silver Knights win purely in, this, in the sense of stopping shots it was also in helping to dictate the momentum of hockey games in Loveland uh, and the Silver Knights will look for more of that from Logan Thompson as they move forward we're going to step aside and when we come back we'll be joined by Gary Lawless as he's happy to or nice enough to hop on with us on a, a busy game day in Nashville. So we'll hop out, back with Gary Lawless in just a few moments on HSK Today.
0: I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. HSK Today. Back
1: on HSK today, Brian McCormick here with you. We hope to have Gary Lawless available in just a little bit as the Henderson Silver Knights get set for this weekend against the Iowa Wild. Two games that will both be All right, so as the Silver Knights get ready for the Iowa Wild, and you know, an Iowa Wild team that right now sits at the top of the uh central division standings, they have well, at least in points percentage, they have one game in hand on the Chicago Wolves. The Wolves, if you want to look at uh, from points, the Wolves and Moose both ahead of them. But for the Iowa Wild, 8-4-1 and one in their first 13 and a talented roster that uh, includes the likes of Marco Rossi. Marco Rossi, who is the ninth overall pick uh, in the draft in 2020, if I'm not mistaken, for the uh, Minnesota Wild. And he's off to a good start in his uh, AHL career. Uh, fresh off of a, a nine-game point streak that was snapped uh, back on the 19th. So for the uh, Iowa Wild, they come in with, uh, with talent, Kyle Rao and Joe Hicketts, a couple of AHL veterans who have been uh, successful. Rao with the Iowa Wild, Joe Hicketts, a, a longtime member of the Grand Rapids Griffins. Uh, so this is, uh, is going to be a good Iowa team that comes in. It'll be the first-ever meeting between the Silver Knights and the Wild uh, on Saturday and Sunday, both of which are going to be afternoon affairs. Uh, and for the silver knights uh they'll they 'll look to to continue what they 've done, which is to play good home hockey, better home hockey than they have on the road and again, during this road trip, they kind of got the the ship right uh, towards the end of the of the trip uh but for the silver Knights a, a lot of their metrics on home ice have been you know much much better, And that includes uh, their power play probably more than anything else. The power play for the silver Knights compared to what uh, on home at home compared to what they 've done on the road uh it's it 's been stark contrast. Uh, at home for the Silver Knights, the power play uh, is, is fourth in the league. On the road, it's gone, I think, one for 28, one for 29, I think it is now. Try to talk, uh, remember off the top of my head, but the point is that they're the only team in the American Hockey League that only has one power play goal uh, on home ice. So that's something that they want to improve upon without question. Uh, but for the Silver Knights, they're going to try to take advantage of this home hockey while they have the chance. And I talked to Logan Thompson earlier in the day, uh, and he said that, you know, it, it is important to take advantage of, of these couple of home games. and Not just for the fact that they're games at home, of course, but for the fact that there are so few home games over the course of the next couple of weeks. Uh, as we do have Gary Lawless now, Vegas Golden Knights insider. Gary, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, good to hear from you today.
0: Hey, how you doing, Brad?
1: Doing great, Gary. Uh, thanks for tu- uh, joining us on a game day. I know it's a busy day for you guys as you get ready to take on the Nashville Predators. Uh, after a, a fairly lengthy homestand for the Golden Knights, St. Louis is a tough opponent to to run into when you go back on the road. But how's the team seem today as they get ready for
0: Nashville? You know, uh, there's hope that there may be uh, you know, Max Pacioretty's on the trip. So, uh, you know, putting him into the lineup obviously would uh, go a long way to uh, to buoy this group. And uh, you know, they've done a lot with a little here for a long time, and I think that caught up to them. Uh, Uh, against the Blues. The American Hockey League is the second-best league in the world, but it's the second-best league in the world. And there were uh, six guys that were American League players in the lineup for Vegas on Monday night against the Blues, and uh, it it caught up to Vegas.
1: Well, as you mentioned, Gary, yes, a lot of uh, HSK alumni right now playing pretty big roles with the VGK. For Jake LeCision and Jonas Romberg, they have been for a month and a half now. Is there a reason why they've been able to – contribute, aside from just the mathematical need of having them in the lineup, but they seem to be players that, that Pete DeBoer has been comfortable using.
0: Well, you just trust them both, right? They're always on the right side of the puck. Uh, they're smart players. They, they at the NHL level anyways, they approach every shift. I think they go out on the ice and they say, what does the team need from me on this shift? And then that's exactly what they're trying to do. And if, it, you know, if it's for a decision... If it's late in the game, he's been on the ice with other people. His job is to go out and win a draw. Uh, they've both had uh, um, significant roles on the penalty kill, gotten some minutes that way, and uh, both Romberg and LeCision have also contributed with a little bit of offense.
1: Gary, do you think it's an easier transition for players like LeCision and Ron Bjerg, who are those 200-foot dependable players? They can almost play the same style of hockey, in the AHL as they're asked to do in the NHL as opposed to maybe a, you know, a, a point scorer who might feel more pressure making that jump? Is, is there anything to that?
0: Well, certainly from the coaching staff's perspective there is because, you know, when you come up from the American League, unless you're a real special case, and you go to the fourth line and the, the coach puts you out there with one thing in mind. Go out there eight minutes and make sure the other team doesn't score. And it, the more you do that, then the coach will trust you and LeCision and, and Ron have been able to do that uh, almost seamlessly. They've been uh, um, very good in terms of making sure that when they get out there, they get the puck out of their own zone, and then they don't take chances offensively at the offensive blue line. They get the puck deep, try and create a cycle, try and force uh, wear out you know uh, players from the other team, as well as maybe hoping to draw a penalty, and the both of them have done a little bit of that as well.
1: With Vegas Golden Knights in Sarah Gary Lawless. Uh, Gary, Paul Cotter has two goals in his NHL career already, and, and I think fans were maybe, I don't know, surprise might not be the fair word to use, but he made an immediate impact. Uh, but he's also a player who really jumped off the page during training camp as well, so have you been uh, surprised by what Paul Cotter's been able to do already?
0: No, well, Paul's a skilled guy with uh, some power forward attributes. He, uh, he can skate, he can fig, he can drop that shoulder and cut to the net. Uh, and he will go to the hard areas as well, and he's got a good shot. So uh, I think for Paul, it's going to be a case of learning the NHL game and being dependable all over the ice and also being able to help use his mates and make players around him better.
1: Daniel Merrimanow has been up a couple of times. What have you thought of him in, in his stints?
0: Uh, well, you know, this is a, an offensive dynamo and a guy that uh, – I think it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think he's going to be an NHL player. And uh, and, and you know, if he can be successful five on five, then uh, you know I, I think five on four in power play situations he's going to be he's going to be fine as time goes on. But uh, it's, it's better than five. But it's the five on five stuff that uh, uh that to to kind of iron out. And once he does that, it'll be a good player at this level.
1: With Gary Lawless, Uh, so Ben Jones made his debut as well. There are a lot of players who have made their NHL debut over the last several weeks, and while I'm sure the VGK would rather that not be the case, they'd rather have a a full-strength lineup, for a silver lining, it's got to be beneficial, even for the young guys who are going to go back to the AHL and and maybe not pop back up to Vegas this year, still to have that NHL feather in their cap, it's got to be beneficial from an experience standpoint.
0: Well, for the coaching staff, they have an opportunity to see the players play at this level, and then... If they have to recall them, they know exactly what they're getting, where to slot them in. And uh, and the other, the other thing is if they come up here and they're not successful, they're not coming again uh, until they earn that opportunity at the American League. And I don't think you can say that about any of the guys that have been recalled. They've all come up and contributed. And Pete DeBoer won't be shy about adding them, uh, inserting them into the lineup if need be down the line.
1: Gary, usually we look at Thanksgiving as that benchmark of when teams – are what they are it's not early anymore the calendar this year for the nhl changes that and of course for the vgk just because of what their roster's been for the first couple of months of the season thanksgiving also can't really be uses that that assessment so for the for the golden knights they could probably comfortably say that they uh, they can write their own script going forward from here
0: well it, 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 it does affect the golden knights as well because it's not about who you are it's about how many points you have because in today's day and age uh with the three-point game and uh, and the parity in the league, you fall too far behind. It's almost impossible to, to climb back in. And the compressed schedule, uh, because of the Olympics, it, the season started later, but uh, by Thanksgiving, they've almost kind of caught up to where they usually are. Some teams have already played 20 games, and that's the quarter pull That's sort of what, uh, what that Thanksgiving uh, judgment line is used for, and they're at it, and Vegas is in the playoffs. Uh, over the last five seasons, it's uh, kind of tried and true. If you're in, 75% of the uh, of the teams that are in on Thanksgiving Day stay in and make the playoffs. Uh, so uh, their outliers, are like the St. Louis Blues, who were nowhere near the playoff line uh, when they won the Stanley Cup. They uh, they didn't really start their climb until January. But uh, um, it, it it's a it's a real figure, and for the Golden Knights, certainly they're going to be able to climb. I think. Higher than where they are now, but the secret was to stay in, stay in the pack up until this date, and uh, and really a little farther on, maybe closer to Christmas. So so far, they've been able to accomplish that.
1: Gary, before we let you go, it's a, it's a work night tonight, but will you guys get back in time for Thanksgiving at uh, at home? Is there turkey on the plane? What's the plan tonight and uh, into, into tomorrow? Uh, I
0: don't know if there'll be any turkey on the plane, but uh, uh, my uh, my family's got something planned, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, to having a full day off with them and uh, and giving thanks for uh, all the great things that uh, that we've been blessed with.
1: Well, thank you, Gary. We'll be listening tonight, and thanks for guiding us into the holiday. Have a good one. All
0: right, take
1: care. That's Gary Lawless, Vegas Golden Knights insider. Great to have him with us to uh, add some perspective for the Henderson Silver Knights alumni who are in with the Vegas Golden Knights and have been, and uh, are going to be asked to do a little bit more. Uh, and as Gary Lawless mentioned, Max Patch already on the trip, so is he uh, an option for tonight? Even if he's not an option for tonight, hopefully an option for them soon as they look to get back uh, to full strength. And of course, as they get back to full strength, that will only further bolster the, uh, the Henderson Silver Knights roster as well, uh, as the Silver Knights look to get back to full strength themselves. Uh, so b- Brian Hammer, I, I think I can talk to you now. Are you, are you available?
0: Yes, sir. I'm here. What can I do for you?
1: Well, i got to ask you. I'm just curious. So, you know, Gary's going to get to have uh, Thanksgiving at home, which is nice. All the Vegas Golden Knights will be back from tonight's contest. What is? Are you a big Thanksgiving food guy? I'm not, to be completely honest with you. I've got to be honest with you. Thanksgiving
0: is absolutely my my favorite holiday. You know, some people, they love, you know, New Year's and Christmas and all that kind of stuff. Groundhog's Day for me, it's uh, Thanksgiving for sure.
1: Okay, well, good. I'm glad you're going to be happy. For me, I think if the if the pilgrims and the Indians sat down around a nice chateau I would I would have a much better day. The Thanksgiving. You food can always just dress up like a pilgrim if you wanted. That's always well. I mean, that's always an option. That's just Tuesday in my house. <laughs> Big on belt buckle shoes. Uh, but you know, it's it's to me, it's it's uh it's just not a, a menu that that gets me excited. I know for some people it's the, it's their favorite. Uh, for me, if it was my favorite, I'd eat it more than once a year. But uh, I've I got to say, I'm, just, I'm glad that uh, all the players will be able to get back home for Thanksgiving because especially in this industry, the, you know in sports, you don't always get that guaranteed. Uh, and the best Thanksgiving I've ever had, I'll, I'll say the best because it was actually, f- it, well, no, I don't want to say best. That, that's insulting to my family. The most interesting <laughs> Thanksgiving I've ever had, I was working in Idaho uh, with the Idaho Steelheads and the ECHL. We had a road trip. It was a 22-day road trip, and we finished it. During Thanksgiving, the end of the road trip during Thanksgiving was in Rapid City, South Dakota. Nice little town, but not a place that anyone would ever go to spend. It's not a destination city for Thanksgiving. Uh, Although it is uh, just about a half hour drive away from Mount Rushmore. So we were there, and we played the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and the Friday after, and then we went home. So Thanksgiving, we're all stuck in Rapid City. uh, And, you know, you're kind of bummed. You'd rather be home with your family. You've never spent a Thanksgiving like this before, and everything's closed. I went to Perkins, because it was the only thing open, we went to Perkins in the morning and ate, then we went to Mount Rushmore, and then when we came back, the only thing open was Perkins. So we went back to Perkins again, sat with the same waitress again, and I got the Monterey Chicken Sandwich, because uh, g- it's not traditional Thanksgiving, I'm not going to treat it like one. They had, they had your Thanksgiving platter, their one-size-fits-all, and I said, nope, I'm going off the map. So I guess the point of my story is, first of all, if you go to Mount Rushmore on Thanksgiving, that's a that's a star-spangled awesome way to spend Thanksgiving. But, you know, if you're listening to us and maybe you're not home, maybe you're not going to be sitting around the table with your family tomorrow, it doesn't mean you can't have a special day. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't have, uh, you know, some uh, some way to, to shake it up for yourselves. So make the most of it. If you're home, excellent. Uh, enjoy your family and enjoy the holiday. If you're on the road, make it special. And, uh, well, that's why they podcast this show. So turn us on. Uh, and we'll keep you company. And we're going to keep you company on the other side of this break with Ian McCosh and Henderson Silver Knights defenseman. He joins us next on HSK Today. <laughs> Silver Knights fans, ring in the holiday season with the Henderson Silver Knights Silver Bells Package, the most flexible ticket plan in Knights history. For a limited time, fans can purchase a voucher pack to use at any of the upcoming HSK home games at the Orleans Arena. Ticket vouchers can be redeemed at the box office on game day for the v- uh, best available location. Use 10 vouchers any way you want to. To sign up, you can go to hendersonsilverknights.com, or this weekend when the Silver Knights host the Iowa Wild, you can stop by the membership services table located outside of Section 111 and ask for the Silver Bells package. Henderson Silver Knights getting ready to take on the Iowa Wild two games this weekend at the Orleans Arena. And we are joined by Silver Knights defenseman Ian McCoshin. Ian, thanks so much for joining us. Great to have you with us.
2: Yeah, Thank you for having me.
1: So Ian, it's your first year with the Silver Knights. Uh, you spent the last year with a couple of organizations uh, the last couple of years. Uh, How's your first year in Henderson treating you?
2: I've loved Henderson. Um, first time really experiencing Las Vegas for uh, an extended amount of time. It's been's uh, been incredible a lot a lot to like. Um, organization treats us really well and uh, the weather helps too. So it's been a great fit
1: so far. Now, this past offseason, you were working your way back from injury. So why was, was the Vegas Golden Knights organization, why was that a good fit for you?
2: I knew, I knew a few players that have played in the organization. Uh, Patrick Brown was the captain here for last season, uh, on and off with the taxi squad, and then Vegas, and then I played with Alex Tuck as well. And they both had nothing but good things to say about the organization, and that was kind of a, an easy decision for me to choose here.
1: Have you have you got to do anything in the Vegas area that is uniquely Vegas, or or you know di- different than other places that you've played? For for most guys, they seem to think that uh, the fact that they can golf in late November is is different than where they've been otherwise. That's
2: definitely a a benefit as well. Um, golfing is is a pastime of mine that I do enjoy, but I would have to say the um, the entertainment aspect in terms of like magic shows and Cirque du Soleil, I've been able to get out to a few of those events and they are worthwhile for sure
1: see now i still haven't which magic shows have you been out to is it the chris angel or are you more of a throwback david copperfield type no uh
2: i did i did david copperfield during training camp of this year and then uh, my roommate and i we went to Shin Lin. i think about a month ago a month or three or four weeks ago but yeah, I think uh, Shin Lin was the best one that I've seen. And then I put um, Cirque du Soleil, Mr. second. And, uh, yeah, Copperfield and whoever else I saw would run him.
1: See, that's cool because you have, you have inside information for Cirque du Soleil because Todd Richardson, the medical trainer for the Silver Knights, used to work for Cirque, so I'm sure he can give you uh, tricks of the trade or secrets. And then Lyndon McCallum told us last week, he is your roommate, that he does magic. He can make a pencil disappear and do a couple of other tricks. <laughs> be honest with us, Ian, because I'm sure he tries out all the tricks on you. Is he actually <laughs> good or is he fooling himself?
2: Uh, this is the first time hearing about it, so this is gonna come up at dinner tonight for sure.
1: And it's a team that's going through its own injury issues throughout the season, pretty much roster wise, uh wide and, and pretty much roster uh in the NHL and AHL levels. So for you, a player who comes in with you know the pension to to be a leader. You have both a young team, which would require leadership, and a team battling through these this injury factor, which requires leadership. So for you, it, it's kind of a two-pronged effort for your first year with a new organization. I'm sure that presents uh, some some challenges you were adjusting on the fly.
2: Uh, not necessarily, no. This is my sixth season uh, playing pro hockey. Um haven't played as many games as I'd like to, whether that's uh, – injuries or whatever else in the last couple of years, but I do have that experience of I've seen a lot in pro hockey. So if these guys want to listen, I'll definitely tell them. And um, they're always evolving and adapting to what we are given on a day-to-day basis and what circumstances we have. And we put a good effort in every single time that we, we step on the ice. That's kind of our goal.
1: The two teams on the Central Division schedule for you guys this year uh, are the teams that you're going to see over the next couple of weeks Iowa, Wild, and Rockford Icehawks, two teams that you played with over the last two seasons. Is that going to be, yes. uh, are there a lot of people still with those organizations that you see? Is there any nostalgia to it?
2: Uh, just because of the, um, I played with Iowa last year. I still know probably three quarters of the players there, and I know all the staff. There was no turnover on the staff. Right. Um, and then Rockford, I think there's been a little bit of turnover with the departure of the head coach in Chicago, and then player-wise, they, they have a lot of turnover as well, but still a few. Um, definitely more nostalgic for Iowa, and then when we go to Iowa in March, that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun.
1: Well, I'll say when, when, when the team goes to Des Moines and when it goes to Rockford, you're going to have to be the person to yeah. lean on. For uh yeah. for extracurricular activities <laughs> we, we, oh, I, I, with all with uh, all due respect, I think you'll have more suggestions in Des Moines than you will in Rockford, but you tell me,
2: yes, uh you were very correct on that um Rockville <laughs> Illinois is uh kind of like a stay over town it's not anything to necessarily do Because um, it's it's in like an awkward awkward stage, right It's an hour and a half away from downtown Chicago and about an hour hour fifteen away from. University of Madison, Wisconsin,
1: so yeah.
2: it's not uh, not a lot happening in Rockford, let's say that, on a Tuesday.
1: Yet. Not until the Silver yes, Knights come to right. town. Can't the wait. St- <laughs> the straws that stir the drink. We're with Ian McCosh, right. defenseman for the Silver Knights. Uh, Ian, th- this past road trip for you guys, 2-2-1, two, two and one, uh, playing in, in a tough building in San Diego, that, that game didn't go your way, but then the bounce back in Stockton I thought was, was uh, really uh, exemplary. Uh, and then you, you get a split in a tough uh, atmosphere in, in Colorado. How important was this past road trip for you guys to, to have the success that you had?
2: I think it was crucial. Um, we've been battling with, like I said, circumstances in the NHL that require guys on our team to, to go and step up, and they've been doing really well, which I'm happy for, but the guys that are still here have an opportunity to prove that they can play and, and produce, so I think guys have been stepping up when needed. And uh, collectively, we've been, been chipping in and getting some, uh, not the prettiest wins, but they count in the standings overall.
1: Ian, the, the shutdown portion of your game, your defensive game, I think has really stood out uh, in the early part of the season. You know, you, you to both ends, and everyone likes to score goals and make, make plays and highlight reels. But I wonder for you, is there something that's, equally satisfying or satisfying in its own way uh you know your scoring goals is, is fun everyone gets a lift out of it but it's got to be fun too to, to be the shutdown guy that the the frustrating guy when you can tell that the top player across the way is is just really having a rough go and it's because of you is, is there something that's uh, equally satisfying about being the guy blowing things up uh in addition to making plays
2: yeah uh, i i think i've had that um that edge or niche let's say since junior hockey and i've always played against the the top players on on any team um not really knowing that i was in a shutdown role let's say and then when i turned pro um i was always put in that situation too and i always loved it because by the end of the game the players didn't want to play against me anymore it's not that i'm a dirty player by any means but i'm up in your face i have really good skating ability and kind of take away your time and space in the offensive zone where um those highly skilled forwards like to uh, make their plays, make their money.
1: Is there ever any like chit-chat back and forth? Like will, a, a, you know, Dylan Secure just say like, Jesus, Ian, I, I can't get away from you tonight.
2: Uh, yeah, there'd be some, chit yeah, chat. depends on how friendly you are with um, the other players on the team. In, in that scenario, I do know Dylan a little bit, but um, there was no conversation like that back and forth.
1: Who who is the uh the, the toughest AHL player you've ever played against? And of course, there's some AHL you know, a uh, first rounders in the cool. league for a few weeks and goes up, but then there's guys like Martin Furk, TJ Tynan, guys who you know are have been consistent AHLers. Is there anybody that uh, you you see on the list on a given night and you're like, okay, tonight's gonna be a night I have to put my uh, my my work boots on.
2: Yeah, that Ontario team is probably one of the most skilled teams I've ever played against. But to uh, 2019, 2020. Milwaukee Admirals team was hmm. the best team that never won the Calder Cup. I think, like, they all played very similar way. They're all 6'2, 200 pounds, and they, they all played like they were fourth line guys, but they would beat up on us every single time. I think it was the best team that never won a Calder Cup.
1: And of day. course, that, that was a pandemic uh, canceled. Too, which maybe cut them short. I'm trying to remember that roster I, Cole Schneider was having a good year for that team. They had Ellie tolvin who who really stood out to you that that you had to to really mind your your P's and Qs against? Uh,
2: Tommy Novak, who is currently on Nashville, rem Pitlick, who is currently on Minnesota's roster and doing well. And then there was Freddie Goudreau, who yeah. plays in Minnesota as well, Michael McCarron, Tanner janot, Matthew Olivier. Uh, That's a tough one.
1: Yeah, they were tough. Ta- t- they were tough. And Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I, luckily, uh, well, uh, it's a different roster now, but no Milwaukee on the schedule this year. Uh, we're yeah. with Ian McCausian Mc of the Silver Knights. Ian, let's talk mustache. Uh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you're, you're one of the guys uh, yeah. who uh, inspired a lot of the players on the roster to, to do Movember this month. Uh, there's been good turnout. Uh, and I believe that you're involved in particular because of your uncle. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Um, I've had a few uncles that have been diagnosed with uh, prostate, pancreatic cancer, any uh, men's health cancer like that. Um, and just I think it's a really good cause to show support when you can. And um, if you have the ability to grow a mustache, I think I cheated a little bit. My Halloween costume required a mustache, so.
1: We're gonna Not get like to I that. started
2: fresh like <laughs> anyone else. Um, but yeah, I even in Rockford, I did like a, a fan player match. So if I raised 1500 then the fans raised 1500 and I gave it to a prostate research facility in the Rockford area that so was doing some pretty innovative work.
1: Well that's great and again it's uh, you've got one of the bare mustaches we're going to break this down a little more but uh, they, there's even though November's almost up there's still a chance to to raise some money we're going to we'll come up with some way to to get the fans involved because it just looks too good not to take advantage of but uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> b- between yourself cuz you've got a push broom hanging off your nose like you've got a real Tom Selleck esque mustache you mentioned that you got a little bit of a, a head start because of your Halloween costume I, i'm told I that did. it was t- Ted Lasso is the, that's the route that you went i was told it was pretty convincing
2: yeah, um, so if anyone doesn't know, it's a Apple TV series based off of uh, a football head coach that goes to London, England, that um, is now teaching a Premier League soccer team, um, one of the worst teams in the league. They get relegated, and then he's uh, just a very convincing um, role in there. So I've always enjoyed watching that show, and um, a lot of men uh, in my age category were dressing up as Tad Lasso, so I thought, <laughs>
1: why not? Have, and again, if you can't grow the mustache, you don't qualify, so you could, exactly, have you always been able yeah. to grow that? Like, were you the kid in the sixth grade who had to shave every morning?
2: <laughs> well, I think, I don't think it was sixth grade, but yeah, it was right around seventh grade. Um, started getting a little peach fuzz underneath my nose and asked my uh, asked my parents, what do I do about this? Do I like say or do I shave it off? And um they started buying me razors for Christmas.
1: Now, you you do have competition in the locker room, because yeah. Brandon Hickey's got a pretty darn good one, too. Yeah, And I figure between between the mustache competition, uh, you went to BC, he went to BU. I mean, you guys just must be at each other's throats all the time.
2: Well, you would think that it would be a super competitive um, and almost a hostile uh, competition, but Brandon and I are actually – really good friends over the course of the last two months we've gotten to know each other and uh i'll give it to him he is mario and i am luigi <laughs>
1: <laughs> well so. all right b- before we let the topic go have you guys uh you should you should keep them i don't know what the rules are if you if you need to shave them off after <laughs> november and start anew if it, if it has to have the uh the integrity of being specific to the cause but you guys okay. should keep them you should style them there's I mean, I think mustaches culturally need to make a comeback. I think between I, Tom, yeah, Tom Selleck could, and, and Raleigh Fingers, I mean, you guys have a really good head start to do something, you know, something impressive. You guys could be cultural icons if you play your cards right.
2: Yeah. And then my, I was driving my roommate home today, Linda McCallum, we we had on the show last week. He like, you look like uh, like a cop. And I'm, like, joking around. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, uh. I was like, have you seen the show Reno 911? He's like, no, I haven't. I was like, yeah, I kind of look like that right now. Like the the main character in Reno 911. He's got a pretty thick mustache, but I uh, don't think it's real.
1: I was going to say, is he, is he suggesting that you get the aviator sunglasses or the tight bike shorts? I don't know which. Yeah, I don't, yeah, do you I don't know. You need to complete the look.
2: I was going to say, I don't think I have any shorts tight, but yeah, try and make it work if we can oh. but yeah it'd be cool if we could get like uh, a styling company or something to support us because the mustache gets a little dry in this uh in this desert here
1: there you go well for for the the reno 911. the next halloween is only 11 months away so we'll all start thinking now. can't wait but yep. uh, yeah let's <laughs> let's keep this style going because it's working for all you guys uh Perfect. Ian, it's uh it's halloween it, it's halloween so you're, you're i have a one track mind now it's thanksgiving <laughs> tomorrow uh, yep. you're, you're one of the American fellows. I know the Canadians have Canadian Thanksgiving and then they partake in American Thanksgiving because it's a holiday. Why wouldn't they? Do you get two Thanksgivings too, or do you stick just to the, uh, the last Thursday in November?
2: No, since I'm American, I stick to the last Thursday in November, um, typically, but even with all the Canadians on the team this year, there was no Thanksgiving in October that I remember that they had. So I think they just stick to kind of whatever's convenient at the time.
1: Well that's that sounds good. That means you guys get to do it right uh, tomorrow cuz you guys have the uh, the afternoon off to have a, a regular Thanksgiving. Uh what yeah. are the what are the plans? Are there plans?
2: Uh I think if not everyone, mostly everyone is going to go to Jake Bishop's house, I believe. Um him and his fiance are going to uh host all of us, which is incredibly thoughtful and we're obviously really thankful for for that. Um it's really unique opportunity, and not a lot of people can have that opportunity to get together like this, and we're just super fortunate uh, to be in this position to play hockey for a living, but also uh, be surrounded by a lot of good people on holiday.
1: That would be very, very nice. Ian, are you capable in the kitchen? Is there anything you're able to provide, or are you just going to uh, provide entertainment?
2: Uh, uh, can't say I've made a turkey personally, but I, if I was called upon, I could make some pretty good sides, I'd say. I've I've made some sides at Christmas when I go home for Christmas. So, yeah, I could contribute in some way. But with food allergies and whatever else, I think it'd be tough. Just you bring your thing and then someone can't eat it. I think that'd be pretty difficult for your ego.
1: That's a good point. Well, leave leave it in the hands of Jake Bischoff. Uh, You guys enjoy Thanksgiving. Be ready because Friday you're going to have to work it all off again. So good thing that there's a day off before the game. But uh, thank you for joining us, Ian. We really appreciate it. It was great catching up with you. Uh, and uh, go go catch up with Lyndon and have him show you a few magic tricks because he's been holding out yeah. on you. Yeah,
2: I'm about to open the door right now and see what's going on.
1: <laughs> Ian, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend. Thanks, Brent. That was Silver Knights defenseman Ian McCaution. You see, that is why we do this radio show. It's not only to inform you, but it's to inform the players. It's to bring everyone together, let everyone know of uh, their expansive skill sets. But, uh, Ian McCaution's best skill set so far this season has been shutting things down in the defensive zone, and he will have uh, some some work to do this weekend as well against a very good Iowa Wild team that is making its way into Vegas. So before we wrap up, we've got about, uh, Brian, what we got? We've got four minutes left on the show, I think, roughly? All right, Alright, well, let, let's get to this then. I have the understanding, Brian, tell me if I'm right or wrong. People have told me that in some households, Thanksgiving can be rather contentious. It's a holiday. It's your family. Everyone loves each other. But then you sit down at the table, and the conversation, somehow more than any other holiday, turns uh, debate-like. Whether it's talking about cultural things or political things or whatever else, there's there it can be a very feisty meal. Has that been your experience ever?
0: Yes, it uh, it it can. It has a tendency to get. Uh moving in that direction but i gotta tell you bry uh, that's
1: why i always make sure that uh, on thanksgiving and any other holiday my bar is fully stocked smart man and that's why you have football on you know you have these deterrents i have no idea why this meal of any gets that uh, that reputation and i was you know i was a college student once so i can i think that we maybe you know Uh, flirted with the line at times, but for some reason that's the meal where everyone wants to come down and empty out the arsenal of everything that's on their mind. Uh, And apparently it can be stressful. So, we are going to rescue you from that that, uh, dangerous territory. Brian, cue the music. There's no need to squabble on this day of Gobble Gobble, but rather gather and do the one thing that brings every family together. Let's debate hockey. So at your dinner table, talk about these topics. Who's the greatest goal scorer of all time? Sure, Wayne Gretzky sits at the top of the list, but Alex Ovechkin may very well catch him when all is said and done. And he's done so playing in a far lower scoring era than Gretzky ever did. Add in that Ovechkin lost a season and a half to lockouts and a pandemic, and who knows where he might have ended up. Or how about Mike Bossy? 573 goals in only 10 seasons. Ovechkin played 17 seasons. Gretzky played 20. Who's the number one goal scorer? Well, you can pass the stuffing to Grandpa. I'm passing the puck to Alex Ovechkin. Is it time to bring back white jerseys for the home team? NHL teams have been wearing the dark jerseys at home since 2003, 2004. We get it, the dark jerseys feature team colors, seems it would be more dynamic than the white, but the whites also look fresh and classy. And if your home team is wearing the white, then fans get to see the different color schemes for every other team when they come in. How cool would that be? I need to get tickets tomorrow to see the Broadway blue shirts in person or the classic Blackhawks red. I still remember that excitement from my childhood. Right now, for the fan looking down the ice, every single game aesthetically looks exactly the same. I might wear the same sweater to the dinner table every Thanksgiving, but that doesn't mean that teams have to rock the same sweaters every game too. For our hockey historians, what was a more egregious missed call, and which fan base has the bigger gripe? Was it Buffalo Sabres fans for Brett Hull's skating the crease on the Game Six game winner for the 1999 Cup final, or is it Flames fans who think Martin Jelena won a Cup for Calgary in 2004 and that was not to be? Brett Hull's foot may have been in the crease, but there's a reason they changed that rule a year later. It was dumb. Meanwhile, every replay we've seen since 2004 pretty much confirms that Jellinus scored, the cup should have been wheeled out, and Martin, Louis, uh, Martin San Luis' OT heroics never should have happened. Give Flame fans their due. Pass the wine to Sabres fans. Let's go back to 1-8 through eight playoff seeding. Remember how great that was as a VGK fan? You'd be just as interested in what happens with the Dallas Stars and the Nashville Predators as you are focusing on Pacific Division teams right now. A fan has no real reason to pay attention to anyone beyond their own division unless he's in a wild card race in the spring and eyeing one of the other two teams. Go back to playoff systems where every team in the conference has a vested interest in everyone else. Sure, we love our basics, our turkey, potatoes and stuffing, but isn't the table more interesting when we throw some attention to the cream corn and the green bean casserole too? I say yes. And finally, which player has the best individual season in VGK history? Certainly with a Vezina trophy, you could throw a strong candidate consideration to Marc-Andre Fleury last season when he turned back the clock. But how about William Carlson playing out out of his mind during the inaugural campaign with VGK records for goals and points. Shea Theodore finished sixth in Norris voting each of the last two seasons, but which season was better? It's a tough debate, but if the answer is Wild Bill or Shea, then fans will be asking for seconds. Fans, gather around your tables. These are the discussions that we should be having as we give thanks. Gather around and give thanks tomorrow night. Be thankful. For hockey. That will end it for HSK today. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you next Thursday when we're back to our regular schedule. Have a happy Thanksgiving and join us on Saturday and Sunday for Silver Knights Hockey here on 1230 The Game. Thanks to Gary Lawless, thanks to Ian McCauschen, and for Brian Hammer, I'm Brian McCormick. See you next week on HSK Today.